I don't know how much it costs, but uh, I can tell you that, you know, there, there's a whole kind of like circus tent atmosphere of where you put even all the dancers. So the people are ushered in the back. Um, <laughs> there's like lounges in the back. There's like a carousel set up for off time before the show. Yes, you can actually ride. You can actually ride a carousel horse before 5 p.m. And they also have a you need to calm down lounge. And that's got like adaptogen oh cocktails and things like that. So you can actually like it's a whole little thing that gets set up and then they pack it up and take it to the next city. What kind of food do they have in the various chill out rooms and waiting rooms, green rooms? They have a lot of cheese that's in the shapes of different kinds of guitars and also um, hands. <laughs> and I'm not sure why it's hands, but you can you can get anything you want and then you can tell them what shape you want it. So if you wanted like an actual like human heart or something like that, you could get a like a like a beef tartare in the shape of a human heart. What do you eat before going on stage to perform 44 songs for like three hours? Like, is it like a bowl of pasta like you would do before running a marathon? Like what? Yeah, I just can't even imagine. Like, does Taylor Swift eat food or does she have just like intravenous she has a green nutrition green drink at every every station and there's um this is terrible but it's only one swan but there's one swan that is harmed in the making of a show because it's uh it's it's sort of i'm gonna say swan livers and they specifically yeah that's it's just like an industry secret but it's sort of like just a little touch of that um, actually can keep you going for about five hours. So she's still good for another two hours. Yeah. So if you were to go to an after party. So what does she do yeah. afterwards? Does she have after parties? I was thinking she would just go to sleep. She probably says that she's going to sleep, but she just doesn't want anybody to know because then they would, you know, she wants that private time. <laughs> so a lot of times it's just that it's the swan additive. So if you're, you know, like if you're on a book tour and you're exhausted, and if there's a person that you can find who might know how to get that for you, it actually has a lot of healing properties. But, you know, it's divisive. Maybe you could hook me up. I actually don't. I mean, maybe. I might know a guy. And I might know a swan. You're listening to part two of a conversation between Joanna Rakoff, an author and era's tour groupie, and Tamara Federici, producer of every band ever. Already in progress. What was your favorite era of the eras? I like the newer stuff. I would say Midnight's is actually my favorite. I also like the pandemic stuff. That was a lot of fun. And also I think that she got to be a much more genuine performer. I think she connected with a lot more people. And I think she really, you know, like she decided she wanted to do Prairie. And she decided she wanted to do woodsy and everybody was sort of in a prairie woodsy mood. When you're sitting there with Taylor, does she sort of tell you stories and then you kind of scribble something down? Yeah. Usually she's the master of that because it's, you know, she's so in control of her songs that she will come up with bits of it. She's so fast that you're really just shaping after that. I was concerned um, when we got to the reputation era at the concert, as you know, they have like these big projections to introduce each era um, as she's changing costumes and the dancers are changing costumes. And so for reputation, there was like an image of a snake that kept coming back. And I have a snake phobia. It's my only phobia. I'm really afraid of snakes, obviously, 
the phobia was the tip off. And, um, <laughs> and I was like, ah, and then I suddenly was like, are they going to have snakes on? Planes? Oh God. And I thought, <laughs> That might be a liability. I feel like your insurance. Well, Britney Spears had them on. Well, I guess that was behind. Yeah, remember that in two thousand two, she had a giant python, which. Well, I know she had it in a video, right? Did she have it on stage with her? I don't remember. I have no idea. She, she was fine with snakes. She actually had three pet snakes, so that wasn't a big deal to her. But she. I feel like a dude, I feel like a dude talked her into holding up a giant snake. That's like one big muscle. Like while you're singing, all of a sudden you have to deal with that, like a moving muscle. That sounds like not, that sounds like the worst thing for your voice, you know? It does. Yeah. I mean, you would know more than me, but it does sound just incredibly difficult. Like as if you're like also trying to tap dance on a high wire. It's like a barbell that keeps moving. I mean, I think the thing that we haven't talked about at all that was interesting to me was just the feeling of camaraderie there. You know, I was honestly really nervous about going to this concert and was acting like a total freak the morning of. Like, I was like, I started crying. I had like a meltdown. I like, I couldn't find something. And I was like, where is that? Who took my leather jacket? Like, I was totally freaking out. My kids were like, mama. You need to calm down. I was just imagining like pushing and like stampedes and people getting crushed, like soccer stadiums in the UK, like all of that. Like I was imagining like mosh pits. Like those were the concerts I went to when I was like six <laughs> And um, but it was not like that. Shockingly, it was not like that. Right. So soccer, your worries were soccer hooligans, mosh pits from the 90s. Where they're at the circle and people will viol- people are pretty violent about mashing into each other to uh, lover. <laughs> to yes, to like you belong with me. <laughs> she wears short skirts. I wear t-shirts. Raw, crushed, That's bones cracked. <laughs> and instead, it was just like this general feeling of like love. Like it was almost more kind of like. I don't know, like San Francisco in like 1969 oh my or gosh. something. Um, but with pink hats. Not that people were like having sex on the yeah. lawn. Yeah. But everyone was just so happy and so excited and in such a great mood. Everyone was like smiling at each other. There were these huge lines for everything, like to buy like the disgusting, you know, like Taylor corn dogs. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor corn Tater tots. <laughs> <laughs> And the people, no one was like pushing or getting upset. Like at one point we got on this line and this man turned to us and was like, you know, you guys, I just want to tell you, if you go on that line, it's much shorter. Like just FYI, you might want to try that because you won't have to wait as long. And at one point I was, you know, there were all of these reports of the Taylor merchandise selling out. And so we were not that nervous about this because we thought, okay, if we don't spend an extra like $300, that's okay. Um, but it didn't actually, it wasn't sold out. And I, at one point went to like the merchandise stand by our seats and decided to surprise my kids with t-shirts because they kind of thought like, oh, they're too expensive. We can't get them. And I was like, why not? This is a once in a lifetime thing. Um, 
And when I got to the front of the line, I got a text from my son, you know, basically being, and my daughter, both of them being like, wait for me. Like they wanted to pick out their t-shirts and I was like, oh, oh my God. So I let a couple of people go in front of me. And then the people right behind me were like, it's okay. Just go ahead. Like, we don't care if you have to wait for your daughter, like just go up there and start doing your thing. It doesn't matter if you take longer. And I was like, I don't know. Even when I go to like Starbucks, no one does that. <laughs> there was no like, oh, I'm worried that like you're going to buy the last size medium, a hoodie, nothing. People were so, so nice. That is anti to everything we know as former New Yorkers, <laughs> as former, as people from the 90s. And yeah, you're right. Is the new nice. Maybe even as just like Gen Xers. Yeah. We're, we're the last, maybe we're the last. Our generation was kind of about being like, yeah, whatever fuck you <laughs> just a little or at least our like micro generation like the younger gen xers i feel like we were we grew up in a difficult we did time. and then who and then gail's bringing it back with her abcd e fuck you maybe yeah. maybe it's gone for a full circle the, these are the last of the optimists <laughs> the... what if gail was secretly like 53 <laughs> I'm so tired, you guys. She's like, I was in black bag and I just got sick of that. So I went on TikTok. I'm named, this is my glow up. I was part of Bad Brains. She's 61. like, I'm just selling out to She's the man. She's 61. Give her her TikTok. That's my, that's my secret that I'll tell you. Okay, so uh, wrapping up, best thing that you loved about seeing this favorite moment, or, or even if it was just being with your family or uh, anything? I, I suppose my favorite moment or moments were really, you know, when she played some of, the, okay, I suppose my favorite moment was when she played Love Story, which is like our family's special song during the pandemic. We would have sing alongs to it, which Kirill like secretly filmed once. <laughs> For whatever reason, like, I think that was the song that was kind of like the gateway drug, especially for my mm -hmm. youngest child to Taylor Swift. Anyway, at that moment, um, my son is also kind of a reserved kid and he was so happy to be there. But, you know, he was kind of like just moving a little bit, whereas like my daughters and I and my daughter's friend Zyda were all like going crazy. We we're like screaming and like jumping up and down for every song and like raising, like we were being totally over the top. And when Love Story came on, we all looked at each other. And my son was like, <laughs> ah, like, and it was just very sweet. Um, I, I think, I guess that's the other thing. I guess there were two things that I loved. There was that moment. And there was also just the the feeling of being a part of something. Like, as, as I said, like, I can be a pretty reserved person. And I, you know, I have three kids. They're often embarrassed by me. I, just for existing and um I spend a lot of time just sitting by myself writing doing like serious literary events you know where I'm talking about like my craft <laughs> my process but this was something that was just for fun like just for me just because I loved it like I spent so much of my youth trying to be cool and like I no longer have any illusions of being cool but this was different this was just like this shared experience with 70,000 people, like where I almost 
had an out-of-body experience. Like I knew the words to almost every song and I was like jumping up and down in my American girl doll dress with like my makeup smeared all over my face, like not, you know, needing to pee and starving and like not caring and just like holding my daughter Pearl's hand. We were like jumping up and down and like screaming lyrics into each other's faces, you know, and it was a great feeling like to just be a part of something and just totally let go and to do something that is not productive. Like there was no point in this. Like we could have like gone to Paris for like a week for what we paid for these tickets. And we could have sold these tickets and like paid off like my student loans, you know? Okay. That wouldn't have paid off my student loans, but anyway, whatever. This was something that was totally irrational. Like we just did it for fun and for love, you know? And the experience was far more magnificent than I anticipated it. Like I felt transformed afterwards. Did they hand out pocket frogs at your show? No. I was wondering like, did they all escape because of the rain the previous I don't know. Some show, maybe they ran out and maybe it was rainy. Maybe they gave people extra the previous night because it was such a difficult show. The thing that I wanted you to hear about the frogs was that they actually, instead of ribbiting, Taylor taught them how to say eras instead of ribbit. So that was the magical thing about them is that they'd just be like, eras, eras. And the one frog that she taught that to taught the other frogs. That is how big of a show this was. Was These are self-taught frogs that will say eras. And then you take them home and hopefully you take care of them. Because otherwise, that's terrible. Was this your idea? And this was Taylor's idea. She really, she, I think the folklore thing, and she wanted to give you something that wasn't going to weigh you down on the way out. And a lovely little pocket frog. You can put that in there for a little while on your trip home, and then you just keep it as a pet. And what's more, what's more friendly than a Taylor Swift pet? Pocket sized, fits in your hand, totally. easy to take care of. Yeah. You can put it in the forest if you don't like it. Or it can live with you forever and just remind you of that yeah. night. My God, this show just gets me, you know. Joanna Rakoff has written two international bestsellers, My Salinger Year, a memoir, and now a film starring Margaret Qualley and Sigourney Weaver, and her novel A Fortunate Age. Tamara Federici loves me. Ebe is... Will Velasquez, editor and producer Clark Jackson, audio engineer Will Briley, publicity Mary Lear, coordinator Jonah Katz, special projects with artwork by Simon Morris Winheld Linktree at every band ever on Instagram. Good night sweet babies.